Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Big E here. This is episode 84 of Law for Virginia Law Enforcement Officers. What do you need to know as a law enforcement officer in the Commonwealth of Virginia to protect your community, to strengthen and serve your community? And today, we're going to talk about a question that was asked for me of me just a few weeks ago by some law enforcement officers that I used to work with. And the question is pretty simple. Can you ask a passenger in a vehicle that you've stopped in a traffic stop for identification? And as it turns out, this question kind of opens up a whole lot of other sort of variations in the question. You know, when is a passenger detained in a car? Can you detain a passenger in a car? Can you order him out of the car? Can you order him to stay in the car? Um, what are the what's the authority of law enforcement over passengers in traffic stops? And then in general, you know, can you ask people for ID? And then from there, if the person refuses to provide ID, where do you go from there? So I thought I would address that question today. And I wanted to I've been wanting to address it for uh, a few weeks since that question was asked. As it turns out, while I was getting ready to do this episode and prepare this question, a case came out that addresses this very question. And it's a case called Terry versus Commonwealth, ironically enough, uh, not Terry versus Ohio, the case from the 1960s that provided us the whole basis for investigative detentions. But Terry versus Commonwealth, <clears throat> a case from Henrico County uh, from just January 31st of this year. And the Terry case, and like I said, this is a case uh, just recently involving a guy named Lavelle Terry in Henrico County, is an opinion from Judge Raphael. Now, we've heard from Justice Raphael, the Court of Appeals judge who just joined the Court of Appeals a couple of years ago, a few times in this podcast. And you know when Judge Raphael is going to write an opinion, it's going to be very detailed, it is going to be very precise, and it's going to involve a lot of examination of the history of the law. So I thought we would do that today. We would kind of do what Judge Raphael did, when he addressed this question uh, and talk about the law in this area. So what happens in Terry, in the 2023 version of Terry? Well, the defendant, uh, Mr. Terry, has got some illegal drugs on his person and he's riding as a passenger in a car. This vehicle that he's riding in is driven by somebody else who's driving without a front plate and he, this driver makes an illegal turn. So an officer goes to stop the vehicle. Now, where the vehicle comes to a stop, is in a convenience store parking lot. So already, right, you can see, you know, it's not like we're out in the middle of the street somewhere. We're in a parking lot where, you know, presumably they were planning to go anyway. And the passenger certainly didn't want to stay if he didn't uh, need to, because of course he had drugs on his person. So here we are at this traffic stop. The officer walks up to the vehicle, asks the driver for his license registration. The driver cannot immediately find his registration, and so he goes on a little hunt for it. So in the meantime, the officer's got a little extra time here. He's not delaying the traffic stop, and we'll come back to this in a moment, and he starts to ask the occupants of the vehicle for identification, including Mr. Terry. Mr. Terry asks, hey, uh, you know, he provides his, his identification to the officer, and then says, hey, can I leave and go into the convenience store, please? And the officer says... You need to wait here. As soon as I'm done, which shouldn't be very long, uh, I will let you go into the convenience store, let you go, and let you go on your way. However, the officer receives a reply when he runs Mr. Terry's 
identification that Mr. Terry is wanted on an outstanding warrant. Uh, they go to detain him. They get him out of the car. He tries to get away. Officers, uh, however, restrain him, put him in handcuffs, take him into custody, and find his methamphetamine. And Mr. Terry moves to suppress. Right? And you can imagine what Mr. Terry's arguments are here. One, uh, they unlawfully detained me. I wanted to leave. I wanted to the convenience store. I shouldn't have been detained. Two, they had no right to ask me for identification. And three, uh, I felt compelled to provide my identification. They had no right to ask for it. They asked for it anyway. They didn't tell me I could refuse. So I provided the identification against my will. I was forced to provide identification. And all of that is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. So that's Mr. Terry's argument. And uh, certainly this is, I think, you know, reflective of what the conversation was when I talked to the officers, you know, who said, hey, look, we were talking about this amongst one another, and several officers took the position, you can't order or demand people who are just stopped in a car for identification if they're just the passengers in the car. So let's talk about the history of this, right? So Judge Raphael goes into the history of this uh, question, and as it turns out, this question has come up unsurprisingly before. The, um, the first time it came up was it came up in the Fourth Circuit in 2007 in a case called U.S. versus Soriano Jarquin. Now, this is the first time it comes up in Virginia, that is. It's come up, obviously, many times in other places before that. But actually, before we get to that Fourth Circuit case, it's worth talking about a case that had come out two years before called Mueller versus Mena. And Mueller versus Mena is not a criminal case. It's a civil lawsuit case. It's a case where individuals sued law enforcement officers in Los Angeles for unlawfully detaining them during the execution of a search warrant. And what happens in Mueller versus Mena is officers are executing a search warrant for a pretty violent series of gang offenses. They expect they're going to find in the search, in executing the search warrant, gang members, guns, drugs. It's a, it's a dangerous uh, search warrant. They execute the search warrant. They do find several adult members who are suspected gang members. They also find a very young child, a 13-year-old girl. They find an elderly woman, uh, and they detain everyone. The adults, the adult males are detained inside the house. The 13-year-old girl and the mother are detained in the garage. And while they are detained in the garage, officers ask them for identification. They are they bring in immigration officers. The immigration officers ask lots of questions of the uh, child and the grandmother about their immigration status and who they are and their identification and so on. And so uh, and they are detained for a couple of hours during the course of this investigation. And they ultimately sue the law enforcement officers saying that it was unlawful to detain them, to ask them for ID, to do that investigation when it was determined that they were not in any way connected to the search warrant. So there was issues about should they have been kept in handcuffs, should they have been held. One of the issues in the Mueller versus Mena case was, was it lawful for the officers to ask them for identification? And the U.S. Supreme Court in that case finds that it was lawful to ask them for identification. There's 
the court here focuses on the fact that in that they do not prolong the detention, they do not extend the detention, they do not hold uh, the child or the grandmother any longer than is uh, than was otherwise necessary. Asking them for ID didn't in any way make the stop take any longer. And we're going to come back to this at the end of this conversation today, when we talk about the traffic stop in the Terry, the 2023 Terry case, about whether or not officers are extending a detention by asking for ID. But in the Mena case, the U.S. Supreme Court looks at it and says, you know, the officers didn't in any way, they weren't suspects. They did need to be held because uh, it was lawful under Michigan versus Summers to detain them, even though they weren't suspects, because there are other reasons why you detain people in a search warrant, right? You detain people for, to protect the integrity of the search, to protect people themselves from, you know, running into a room where officers may still have, you know, firearms, still might be concerned about potential suspects and to protect from uh, flight from prosecution, to protect the scene from, you know, uh, just, you know, mass confusion of people running around all over the place. Um, Now, there's all kinds of questions in Mueller that we're not going to talk about today about why were they held so long and did they need to be kept in handcuffs for as long as they were and so on. But the bottom line is uh, they were being detained and so officers were permitted to ask them. There was no further Fourth Amendment justification necessary to ask them questions about their identification. So that was the result in that Mueller versus Mena case in 2005. And with that in mind, that brings us to the 2007 Fourth Circuit case uh, called U.S. versus Soriano Jarquin or Jarquin. So Soriano Jarquin is a case where Virginia State Police stop a vehicle for a traffic violation. And the trooper asks people in the vehicle for identification, a passenger in the car for identification. Now, it's just a simple traffic violation, cracked windshield, uh, unrestrained infant. When the passengers in the car don't provide identification, the officer summons, again, an immigration officer. They begin to do an investigation into who these people are. They ask them questions about their ID. Ultimately, uh, they determine that Mr. Um, Soriano Yarqueen had previously been removed from the United States, uh, had been deported before, and so he had unlawfully returned to the United States, and he was held in custody and prosecuted for uh, unlawful re-entry in the United States after having been previously deported or removed. And in this case, the defendant moves to suppress, saying that it was unlawful for the government, for the officer in this case, the state trooper, to ask him for his identification. He was just a passenger in the car. Uh, and so it was unlawful to ask him, is what, is what he argued. So to answer this question, the court looks at the Brendlin case, which was decided by the U.S. Supreme Court just that year. And in Brendlin, the U.S. Supreme Court sort of finally put an uh, exclamation point on the fact that passengers are detained in the course of a lawful traffic stop, regardless of the fact that they have not committed any offense other than being in a car that somebody's committed a traffic violation in. So they are detained pretty much just as much as the driver is, and they are seized for for Fourth Amendment purposes. Now, that means that passengers can challenge the legality of a stop. They have the standing. They have the right to say the stop was unlawful, even though it was the driver who's being stopped. They can say it was unlawful to stop the person for, you know, headlight violation or whatever. But because they are also uh, seized, then what the court here then says is, okay, so does that mean if they're already seized, uh, is there any additional Fourth Amendment justification necessary to ask them for identification? 
And here the Fourth Circuit says, no, we believe a simple request for identification from passengers falls within the purview of a lawful traffic stop and does not constitute a separate Fourth Amendment event. Assuming that the traffic stop is lawful, an officer is permitted uh, to, as the court here describes, a permitted to some chance to gain his bearings and acquire a fair understanding of the surrounding scene, just as the officer may ask for the identification of a driver of a lawfully stopped vehicle, so he may request identification of the passengers also lawfully stopped. No separate showing is required. And, you know, why? What's the reasoning here? Well, the court here says, obviously, ensuring officers' safety is critical, critically important in traffic stops. Officers performing traffic stops are authorized to take steps that are necessary to protect their personal safety. And so the court repeats, for example, in Maryland versus Wilson, that a police officer can may, as a matter of course, order the driver of a car to exit a vehicle. And under, under MIMS and under Wilson, this safety interest attaches to interactions with passengers as well. You can order passengers out of the vehicle because passengers may likewise present officers with a risk of personal harm. Uh, and as, as Marilyn versus Wilson made clear, because danger to an officer from a traffic stop is likely to be greater when there are passengers in addition to the driver, you can order passengers out of a car just as much as you can order drivers out of the car. You can order passengers to stay in the car. You can order the driver to stay in the car and passengers to get out or whatever. So the court here says, well, as a matter of course, if you can order passengers out of the car, you're in control of that stop. Surely you can also take the minimally intrusive step of requesting passenger identification. Um, the failure to produce identification. Now, what about that? Now, is that an offense? Is that something that's enforceable? And here the court basically says, you know, you can ask for it and the person may or may not provide it. Now, if they don't provide it, maybe that heightens your concerns, and that's a, a valid reason to be additionally concerned. It might suggest a possible need for backup. On the other hand, if somebody's willing to provide ID, that might serve to allay your concerns for your safety. Uh, and the court here goes and looks at you know rulings from the Eighth Circuit and the Eleventh uh, Circuit, which also allowed officers to ask passengers for uh, identification. So the court here is, is clearly ruling that you can request it. There's no requirement that somebody produce their ID. And the court's not saying that somebody has to produce it in, in response. They can say, I don't have ID or I don't, you know, I don't want to give you ID. But here the court is saying you can at least request the ID that is lawful. The court also notes, and this is important in this case, that the request for ID did not in any way prolong the stop. It didn't make the stop take any longer. We've spent a lot of time on this podcast before talking about the fact that uh, you uh, are restricted in a traffic stop. You have to stay within the mission of the traffic stop. Now you can The mission of the traffic stop is, as in Terry, investigating uh, no front plate and an illegal turn. Then you know that traffic stop is going to take you know five minutes or whatever. And in the Terry, the 2023 Terry case, we know it's not delaying the stop because Mr. Terry is still rifling around looking for his registration. So asking the passenger for ID does not create any delay. Uh, in the Soriano Yura Queen case, it didn't cause any delay because the driver himself didn't have ID. And so, again, the officer is going to have to do a lot of investigating. He, it doesn't cause any delay. And the court here says, for one thing, the request for delay did not prolong the seizure. So that's the ruling of the Fourth Circuit. Now, that doesn't control in Virginia. And many times we've talked before about how the Fourth Circuit 
doesn't control Virginia. It controls what happens in federal courts, but not in state court. And the Virginia courts are free to disregard the rulings of the Fourth Circuit if they feel it's important or if they feel they should do so. But in 2010, there's a case called Thomas versus Commonwealth from Lynchburg. And in Thomas versus Commonwealth, uh, this is a case where, again, a Virginia state trooper makes a stop in Lynchburg. And this is a stop for a vehicle crossing over the WO line into oncoming traffic. So the officer stops the car and gets identification and registration information from the driver. He also asks the, the, the passenger, Thomas, to provide identification as well. He gets the information. He goes back to his car. He runs Thomas's information, the passenger's information and then goes back to the vehicle and orders Thomas and the driver to get out of the car. As Thomas gets out of the car, he the officer notices that he's got the, a handgun on him, a butt of a handgun is sticking out from underneath his shirt. He yells out, gun, he seizes see the gun from Mr. Thomas, and then learns that Thomas is wanted on a warrant. So they arrest Thomas for the warrant, they arrest him for carrying a concealed handgun, and Thomas moves to suppress the results of the stop. And here in this case, the court looks at the Soriano Yura Queen case, they agree with the reasoning, and they say again here, officers have the power to obtain both the registration for the vehicle and request the identity of not just the driver, but also the occupants. They can request it. Now they can't, you know, again, order them or force them, but they can at least request it and then seek radioed confirmation of the information obtained from the vehicle's occupants. And during the course of that time, the officers additionally had the authority to detain uh, Thomas, who was a passenger. And when they saw that he had a firearm, uh, when he, they ordered him out of the car, they had the authority to seize that firearm. And for that authority, they cited a case called Christian versus Commonwealth, which is from about 10 years before. So uh, in this case, Right? We have a clear ruling from the Virginia Court of Appeals that says, yes, passengers are detained during the course of a traffic stop. And because they're detained, uh, it is not a, not a significant or additional uh, fourth, doesn't require additional Fourth Amendment justification to ask them for identification. You can take their identification, you can run it. Again, they're detained for the course of the traffic stop. And uh, the court here said, uh, that uh, that that was lawful in this case. And interestingly, by the way, we've talked about this in other podcasts, he's got this gun on him, he's a passenger, he hasn't committed a crime yet, right? We don't even know that he's wanted, but when he steps out of the car and they can see the butt of a gun, they can seize the gun uh, during the course of the uh, traffic stop. And so in the meantime, in 2015, we have the ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court in Rodriguez. And Rodriguez is that case that sort of changes the playing field as far as the detentions and traffic stops and makes very clear that a traffic stop is over when the inquiries related to the traffic stop are or reasonably should have been completed. And so the here the U.S. Supreme Court uh, says that you know officers are permitted to make uh, unrelated inquiries. They can ask questions of the passengers. They can you know ask about other offenses and so on, so long as they don't measurably extend the time uh, that the person is detained for whatever it is that you do have reasonable suspicion for. Now, if you have reasonable suspicion for DUI, obviously that stop is going to take a long time. If you have reasonable suspicion, though, only for the traffic violation, then it, the traffic violation investigation has to, that's what's going to set the time limit for how long that detention can take place. Officers, though, are permitted to do 
uh, certain kinds of uh, you know, standard, ordinary inquiries related to the traffic stop. And in Rodriguez, the court says, such inquiries involve checking the driver's license, determining whether there are outstanding warrants against the driver, and inspecting the automobile's registration and proof of insurance. The court here doesn't address in Rodriguez whether or not asking for passenger IDs is uh, something that is permissible as an ordinary inquiry incident to a traffic stop or if that requires some kind of special justification. So notice the court says you can ask people for ID then in Rodriguez in the car, but if you don't have reasonable suspicion to do so, it can't make the stop take any longer than it otherwise should for the reasons of your investigation. Now, if you walk up to the car and your investigation is for a drug offense and these people are being detained because you have reasonable suspicion they might possess drugs, then yeah, you could ask everybody in the car for ID. That would be part of the investigation. But most of the time, we're stopping the vehicle because the driver has committed some kind of traffic stop. And so that clock starts running on what I can lawfully, uh, on, on my traffic stop and restricts what I can lawfully do. I can't do anything that's going to make that stop take longer. But let's say I stay focused on the thing I have reasonable suspicion for. We get back to that question, could my fellow officer walk up and again, he's not making the stop take any longer by doing so, ask the passengers in the car for ID. And that takes us right back to our uh, case from, uh, from last week, the Terry versus Commonwealth case from Henrico County. And so Judge uh, uh, Raphael in this case goes back and asks the question, here, Barry's the passenger, excuse me, Terry is the passenger in the car. He is detained. He's in a convenience store parking lot. He doesn't want to stay. He just wants to go to the convenience store. Uh, can the officer detain him, hold him in the car, get his ID, and run his information uh, when he hasn't done anything wrong other than just being the passenger in the car? And Judge Raphael, just like I did, goes back and talks about Maryland versus Wilson and, and the uh, Soriano York Queen case and the Thomas case we talked about. And he concludes here uh, that the officer's request for ID and running Mr. Terry's information was lawful. The court here finds that having lawfully stopped the vehicle, the officer could legally detain Mr. Terry, 2023 Terry, as a passenger of the vehicle for the duration of the stop. And he was permitted to obtain the registration for the vehicle and request the identities of its occupants per that Thomas case from 2010 from Virginia. The fact that the vehicle had arrived at its destination, which was the convenience store parking lot, from the court's perspective, really didn't matter. The officers are entitled to exercise unquestioned command of the situation during the course of the traffic stop. And that language comes right from Maryland versus Wilson, exercise unquestioned command of the situation. They're not required to let Mr. Terry, 2023 Terry, get out of the car and go to the store. Uh, again, the court quotes Wilson, the same weighty interest in officer safety is present regardless of whether the occupant of the stopped car is a driver or a passenger. Indeed, the motivation of a passenger to employ violence to prevent apprehension of a crime is every bit as great of that as of a driver, is what the U.S. Supreme Court wrote in Maryland versus Wilson, and Judge Raphael quotes that. And so, as a result, he goes on to quote Wilson, the officers were not constitutionally required to give the passenger an opportunity to depart the scene as he exited the vehicle without so ensuring that the officers were not permitted to uh, were not permitting a dangerous person to get behind them. The court also quotes the Brendlin case. Remember, in the Soriano York Queen case from two thousand and 
5 from the Fourth Circuit. The Fourth Circuit thought that, that the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling in Brendlin was important. Uh, Judge Raphael thinks it's important too, and he quotes it. Uh, it is also reasonable for passengers to expect that a police officer at the scene of a crime, arrest, or investigation will not let people move around in ways that could jeopardize his safety. So here the court, the court says it is lawful to ask Mr. Terry for his identification. The other argument that Terry had made here, 2023 Terry had made, was that the officers basically forced him to provide his ID unlawfully without telling him that he had the right to refuse, that he, that he didn't have to provide his ID. And I think that's really interesting because, for one thing, it assumes, and here I think the court also sort of agrees, that, yeah, Mr. Terry didn't have to provide his ID if he didn't want to. Um, he essentially was consenting, and the court kind of treats it as consent, even though he's detained, to provide his identification. Um, but the court here doesn't record, doesn't treat this kind of consent like the other kinds of consent searches that we see in other Fourth Amendment contexts. Here, the court says the court rejects Terry's argument that his detention was illegal and any consent he provided was tainted by that Ill illegality. And they reject his argument that his consent was not voluntary because it was obtained through coercive and deceptive police actions because the officers had failed to disclose that they planned to check for outstanding warrants and failed to tell him that he was not required to provide his identification. But here the court says, you know, the rule is that officers can request someone's identification and verify their information through a police database. And... Under Thomas, with respect to passengers, if an officer may, as a matter of course, and in the interest of personal safety, order a passenger out of the vehicle, he certainly can ask for ID, right? That's very minimal. Um, and the court here says, you know, look, when the officer asked, requested the identification, he didn't order it. He didn't say, give me your identification. He requested it. When he did it, he didn't become agitated or impatient. When Barry asked why he needed it, the officer simply said, I just want to know who I'm talking to. And Terry provided his identification. And he said, you know, and his statement was, oh, all right, and gave his ID to the officer. And so the court here said that the officer's request for the identification was not coercive. And the court rejects the argument that the officer has to inform the passenger of his right to refuse the request for identification. The court here says an officer's failure to inform a defendant of his Fourth Amendment protections or his right to refuse consent does not render the consent involuntary. And that's a quote from an old case called Lavanja versus Commonwealth from 1988. So the court here says that Terry provided his identification voluntarily and was not coerced into doing so, which I think is really interesting because we talk about consent searches and we say, you know, you can't usually get valid consent from somebody uh, when you've detained them. They have to feel free to say no or feel, the free, feel free to uh, request the search. Here, the court doesn't really apply that rule here uh, exactly because, again, you know, obviously the passenger, Mr. 2023 Terry, is not permitted to leave. He can't terminate the encounter. He can't walk away. And he is, you know, being held. He asks, he says, can I leave? And the officer says, no. But here the court says the officer has the right or has the authority to request ID. So really the only question is, did he coerce the individual to produce the ID? And as long as you don't coerce somebody to produce their ID, then it's lawful. 
So, you know, in a sense, then the court has answered the other part of the question. Yes, you have the authority to ask, but a person does have the right to refuse. You don't have to tell them they have the right to refuse, but you can't force someone who's a passenger in a car to produce identification. Uh, and the court here says they make a finding that they didn't force him to do so, and that makes it lawful. Now, the last question is, okay, so what's, is there any other limitation on requesting identification from passengers in a car? And that kind of takes us back to that Mueller versus Mena case that started this conversation in 2005. Because as I said, in Mueller versus Mena, the court emphasized that when they held the little girl and the grandmother in the garage, asking them about their identification, asking them about their ID, didn't in any way prolong their detention. And we saw in the Soriano Yoraquin case, and we saw in the Thomas case from 2010, that again, the requests for identification didn't in any way prolong the stop. Um, the defendants, you know, in Soriano Yoraquin, the driver didn't have identification. In Thomas, the defendant, the driver was looking for his identification. So these uh, inquiries, these requests for passenger IDs, didn't in any way make the stop take any longer. But remember that when you're asking the passenger for ID, you are uh, doing something that may prolong the stop. Now, you're permitted to prolong a stop for officer safety purposes. You don't have to have any additional justification for doing that if in just a regular traffic stop, if you have an officer safety concern, tell people to get out of the car, tell people to stay in the car, and so on. And, and that delay doesn't invalidate your stop. But if you're going to cause a delay of a stop for running a red light at 3 o'clock in the afternoon by asking passengers for ID, I think you're going to have to articulate why you had an officer safety reason to do that. Otherwise, it's going to be treated as a delay, and you're going to have to justify it or explain why you're doing it. Um, unless, however, you're in a situation like they were in in Thomas, where your driver is just messing around, you know, looking for his registration or can't find his ID or whatever, he's causing the delay. And if he's causing the delay, then you're welcome to ask people in the car, where are you coming from, where are you going, do you have an ID? Would you, you know, can you give me your ID? Can you share me your ID? Uh, show me your ID? Because again, that's not causing a delay. The driver is causing the delay by you know fooling around and looking for his information. Uh, or you know if you're if something else is causing the delay and you have time or you have a fellow officer who can ask for ID, then you're not causing the delay and you could do that as well. So I hope that I've answered the question that was asked to me a few weeks ago. I hope this information was useful for you guys today. Uh, that's what I got. If you like the podcast, uh, tell your friends. We are on SoundCloud, which is a website. You don't have to have an app. You can just listen to it on any web browser. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher Podcasts. There was a request to see if I could try to get on Spotify. Uh, maybe I'll try to see if I can do that in the new year. I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty busy, but we'll see what we can do about getting on Spotify. Um, other than that, though, if you don't like the podcast, don't tell your friends. Uh, for today, that's all from me. That's all from Big E. Stay safe and don't get captured. <laughs>